hope everybody in here believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us open up and pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Those here that do believe are destined for heaven, destined to see you face to face. And what a wonderful investment that we've placed. And what a great return it will be. Those that have not made that investment, Lord, we just pray that they will see the value of that investment today. And that today they will put that investment in your hands and give you their lives. And we pray for your word today that it's a blessing, that it achieves what you intended to achieve, and that you would move me out of the way and that you would speak the words that only you can speak and get the effect that only you can achieve. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I was thinking, and we all like to to kind of check the Internet, and we Google things, and I was Googling um, and checking out the Internet, and I found a company that was a pretty interesting company. It's uh, called DW Network. And I started reading about the company, and it is a disaster early warning network. And it's pretty interesting because it's a system of warning people of man-made disasters like tornadoes, lightning storms, wildfires, earthquakes, tsunamis. And they advertise that in a few seconds, your life can be saved from a disaster. Just sign up with us. And it says about us, we're a company that was created because disasters cause avoidable and unnecessary death and property damage that could be significantly reduced with effective early warnings. Disaster early warning systems. Think about that. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could really go back in time and have a disaster early warning system in our stock market? I would pay for that. Because I would find out with Google or Apple or whatever, and I have like a window and it tells you, okay, on this day it's going to go down to this point. And on this day it's going to go up to this point. Well, I'd be buying low and selling high constantly. What a disaster early warning system that would be, wouldn't it? And you think about these people in the tsunamis and the Katrina, and you think, even though they were warned, if they would have known, known for a fact that their house would be underwater on a given day, what do you think they would have done? More than likely, they would have left, I hope. Maybe even the day before. And this system is real interesting. I guess what it does is it signals are sent through the Internet. It could be through your TV, a phone device, PDAs, laptops, TVs, radios. Pretty incredible to warn people of an impending disaster. And the whole purpose is to save property, save lives. And I want to tell you about a story that's really, really, really very encouraging. And it's a disaster early warning system as well. And it's Noah. So let's go to Noah. In Genesis chapter 6, 
What a beautiful story it is in one sense. And on the other sense, it's kind of devastating to see the results. In Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to just touch a couple verses because you can read basically at 6 through 8 and really get the, the message across. But I'm just going to touch on a couple things. Starting in verse 5, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become. The Lord saw the condition of earth. And he sees it all the time. He sees the condition of hearts. He sees the condition of the earth. Right now, he sees the condition. And he saw it then. Every inclination of the thoughts of his heart, man's heart, was evil all the time. And God saw it. And the Lord was grieved in his heart. And we know the story. And he says, I wipe mankind off the first face of the earth. Men and animals. But he says in verse 8, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. There was a man that found favor in God's eyes. And he says that, I'm going to use you, O righteous man. And we know the story. And sometimes, you know what we can look at? We know it because we heard about it when we were growing up. Noah and the ark. We see Noah, bearded guy, kind of cute with his family. And you see all the animals just tiptoeing into the ark. And everything is like, wow, this is a great story. It's a cute story. It's a wonderful story. Oh, the children would go to sleep. Oh, mommy, that was so sweet. That was so wonderful. Look at the little cute animals. Look at the critters walking in. That's wonderful. And then the rains came. And it's kind of like, maybe that's kind of cute. Maybe as the boat is kind of drifting through the waters, that can be kind of cute. But what about on the other end? What about, do you ever remember in some of those books, unless they're Christian books, where it talks about what actually transpired that day? That there was an ark that God asked him to make. And he says, I'm going to put an end to all people. There were many people who died during that 40 days and 40 nights. Many people who didn't enter the ark. Many people who didn't respond to the early warning systems of Noah. Many people who said, no thanks. And when God said, I'm going to put an end to all people, which he says in verse 13, you go and you read and it says that he did it. Verse 21 of chapter 7, you don't have to go there because we're going to go back a little bit. It says, every living thing that moved on the earth perished. All creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind, they died. I want to focus on one thing today. We know about the ark, don't we? He said, build an ark. He told him the dimensions of the ark, 450 feet. Wow. Wow. It's a football and a half for a football field and a half for uh, the football fans here. We know what that is. A hundred yards and you add another half, which is another 50 yards. And that's 150 feet times three. That's 450 feet. And that's how long it was. Pretty big boat. Three stories. Pretty incredible. One door. A window at the top for light. God was really looking to take care of those creatures and those that family because Noah, Noah had his three sons 
and his wife and their wives. So there was eight people that entered the ark. Now I want you to think about it. In verse 22, as God had given Noah instructions, it says in 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. He didn't make a mistake with that choice, did he? He says, there is one man righteous, and I choose you, Noah, and your family gets to go into the ark. And you get to be set free from this catastrophe, this disaster that's coming on earth. And Noah did everything as God had commanded him. And it says that he was 600 years old, and you can kind of estimate the time. It took him approximately 100 years, 120, some people say, years to build the ark. 120 years of building that ark. Now, I want you to think about it. What went on those 120 years? I'm 55, and boy, that would be a long time to be hammering and cutting and doing everything he needs to do to put this thing together and not lose faith. He did everything as God commanded him, and he persevered and stayed on the job until the job was done. Praise God for Noah. Follow God's commandment. Did everything God asked him to do. And at the end, there was a boat. And during that time, it says that if you go to 1 Peter, it talks about Noah, or actually it's, I think it's 1 Peter, 2 Peter, where they're talking about Noah as preaching. So during that time, please understand that Noah just didn't just build the boat with no care for those who were about to perish. He wanted others to enter the boat, the boat with him. He preached. He was an incredible preacher. A hundred years of preaching. A hundred years of early warning disaster systems. There's a disaster coming, he was telling them. And they're looking around saying, you have to be kidding. It's never rained. You're a crazy man. You're a madman. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's when we come to chapter 7. Because the boat is built. And it's maybe taken 100 years. And I want you to think about something. It says the Lord in verse 1 of chapter 7. The Lord then said to Noah, go in the ark. And the living version says, when everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah. When everything was ready. When the job was done. Everything is ready. The boat's completed. You're ready. Your family's ready. I've called the animals. They're now trampling through, and they're walking, and they're entering the ark because God commanded them to, and they were coming two by two. It's done. It's time. But listen to this. It's seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. I will wipe out, I will wipe 
from the face of the earth, every living creature. Seven days. That's our focus today. The last seven days. What do you think was preached by Noah the last seven days? How do you think he preached? There is no distractions now with hammering. There's no distractions with where are we going to get the wood, honey? Where are we going to get the sap? Where are we going to get the nails? Where are we going to get all this? He's out there laboring and laboring. It's all done. It's finished. Everything was ready now. The last seven days had come. God says, in seven days, I'm sending the rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and all creation will be destroyed. Do you get that message? Moses or Noah said, yes, I get the message. I got it. Noah, I got the message. And his preaching changed. I want you to know something. He didn't preach the same. Do you think he preached the same when he knew there were seven days left before the flood? His urgency changed. His intensity changed. His warnings evolved to a fever pitch. He was out there preaching night and day. The time has come. The time has come. The time has come. Seven days, six days, five days, four days, three days, two days, one. There's one day left. Will you please enter the ark? Noah preached with all his heart. Because he knew that what God said he would do, God would do. God said, build the ark. He built the ark. God said, I will send the animals. He sent the animals. Noah's watching the animals. He's watching the fulfillment of God's plan right in front of his face. Noah's saying, I see it. I see it. Oh, my God, I see it. They're coming. It's now five days. His preaching was different. His passion was different. His commitment was different. His begging and pleading were different. They evolved. He cared. He loved. And he preached with all his heart. The last seven days. You say, big deal. <laughs> What's the big deal? That's Noah's time. Jesus. What, what do you mean? What's the big deal? Listen to what Jesus says. Because what what do you think they were doing when he was preaching? They were partying. They were eating and drinking and marrying and doing everything they wanted to do. They said, I'm not willing to give up my life. I'm not willing to go in a different direction. What do you mean, get in a boat? What do you mean God's going to destroy? I've done what I've done for the last 50 years, 100 years. Who are you to tell me that I'm not going to be able to do it the next 100 years and 200 years? Because remember, he was 600 years old. So what do you think they were? Wow, what a lot of years of sin. Can you imagine living 600 years as a sinner? Unredeemed? Just doing whatever you want to do? Can you imagine that? I can't imagine 50 years. 600 years? That's what was going on. And they said, we're doing everything we want to do. Who are you to tell me to get into an ark? Who are you? Where's your proof? Get in an ark? Rain? Destruction? I've been hanging out. For 500 years, I've had 20 wives. What's the big deal? I enjoy this. 
I enjoy my life without Christ. Everything looks good without Christ. Everything is comfortable in my life. So what did Jesus say about all that? Jesus says in Luke 17, he said, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Today. He said, just the way it was then, it's going to be that way today. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. He says, people are doing the same thing today. And I'm going to tell you something. It's the last seven days before the rains come. You say, well, wait a minute. Seven days? Are you telling me it's going to be seven days from now? No. It could be seven seconds. It could be seven minutes. It could be 70 minutes. It could be seven hours, seven weeks, seven years, 70 years, seven It's soon the boat is completed. The boat's completed. And you know what it says? If we go back and go to verse 16 of chapter 7, it says that animals going in were male and female, every living creature in God, as God had commanded him. Then the Lord shut him in. Then the Lord closed the door and says, it's over. Can you imagine what it felt like when the drop hit the man in his head? Maybe he was like me. Maybe he was bald. And I'm telling you, there were different kind of drops that hit that day. Forty nights, 40 days and 40 nights. You've got to be kidding. They went above the mountaintops, the biggest mountaintops in the, in the world. They engulfed them because you know what men were doing when the rains came. Oh, no, maybe he was right. And as the rains kept coming down, oh, no, let's go to the highest hill. We can get through this. We can make it. I'm strong. I'm powerful. Look how much strength I have. Look how much money. Look at the slaves I have. Take me up the hill. And they had maybe wealth and they had power. And they're up there with their carriages and their, all their entourage. And they're taken up to the top of the hill. And the rain keeps coming. And then it's like, oh, no. Maybe. But remember, the Lord shut the door. The seven days were up. It's gone. It's like an investment. You watch your stock and it's already down to the bottom. You say, I, I, let, me buy, let me go back in time. I want to buy it. Two weeks from ago. And if the bank has collapsed, it's in bankruptcy. Its value is zero. And you're saying, wait a minute. But I could have, should have, would have, and I wanted to, but I didn't. And the door is shut. That opportunity is gone. And that's what Jesus was telling them. He says people were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day. And Noah entered the ark, and then the flood came and destroyed them all. And God was grieved that so many said no to the emergency alert. The signal was going off. It's close. Time's up. Please respond. They didn't respond. He says, also in the days of Lot, people were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. Do you see it today? Planting and building, eating and drinking, marrying and marrying whoever, too. Not just marrying, 
but marrying whoever. Male, female, doesn't matter. This is what Jesus predicted. He says, it's going to happen. It will be just like that when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, one who is on the roof of his house and his goods inside should go down, should not go down and get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. And he says, two women will be grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. Two people in a household and one's gone. And the other's left. Now, just like in the days of Noah, there's preaching. Because all across the world, there's preaching. All across the world. There's men, there's Bible studies, there's, there's saints are preaching the word of God. Begging people and pleading with people, just like Noah. There's seven days left. It's time to enter the ark. It's time to believe on the name of Jesus Christ so you will be saved. That's the ark today. Just believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at the ark. Look how simple that is. Look at what they had to do back then. Just get into the ark. But no. No thanks. Now look at the, the, the carnage today. And we look back and we're looking. It says crisis has forced states to take drastic measures. Drastic. It says dozens of states are expecting big drop-offs in revenue and it says that the economy began softening and mortgage crisis started to unfold. And one guy says, I think everybody agrees the iceberg is in sight. And he is not a Christian. He says the iceberg is in sight. And there's problems on the horizon. Governments are looking to buy out banks. Britain's housing woes lead to a recession. World stock markets tumble. Asian markets plunge after Wall Street losses. Global financial crisis, many blame the U.S. World Bank develop, developing nations hit hard. Zimbabwe inflation hits 231 million percent. And a majority of grad students at the same time, 56 percent acknowledge that they cheated on their, their test. It's no big deal. We cheat. Why? Getting the job done, one person quoted is what matters. How you do it is less important. Reports calls U.S. church giving lukewarm. Connecticut gives blessings to gay marriages. Terrified Christians leave Iraq because they're being killed. And the world's just going on. And seven days, and the Lord says, there's seven days left. The boat's built. Will you enter the ark? Now, we only have a few more minutes, and this message is for three people today. Three groups. First group is the workers for the king. And I love in Revelation, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by all. All had heard at all by the second death to him who overcomes and does my will to the end. I will give authority over the nations again in revelations. He who overcomes will be like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, 
but will acknowledge his name before the Father. Again in Revelations, he who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who overcomes. And then another verse says, keep watch, because you do not know the day the Lord will come. And Christians, it says, overcome. And what does overcome mean? To defeat or prevail over, to win. God says we, as Christians, overcome Because the days are getting short. Overcome sin. Overcome the depression. Overcome the weaknesses. Keep watch. Be ready. Hold on. Be clinging to the Savior in these times. I like, uh, I was talking to Ada when he says, these are the last days. Loyalty will wane. Let us draw close to God in these last days. This is the last act played on the world's scene. The curtain is about to close. He is about to shut the door. Get ready. Christians, get ready. Get your bags packed and put them at the door. Get the sin and put it away. Get on your knees and cling to him. Overcome. Keep watch. Hold on. Be loyal. Stay firm. Loyal, firm, loving, kind. Do your work as if unto the Lord. Love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, mind, and soul. Serve him with all your heart. Walk the walk and talk the talk. But be overcomers. And they quoted... They were talking to um, Mother Teresa, and it was talking about how hard it was for her, and it was difficult. And I said, how can you bear the load without being crushed by it? He asked Mother Teresa, and she replied to the senator, I am not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. We're called to be faithful. Stay faithful, Christians. Second group is the fence stragglers. Now, I'm afraid of you. I'm worried about you because Jesus says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were caught cold or hot. I wish that you were. So because you were lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Whoa. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and he will dine with me and me with him. He doesn't say it's over. It's helpless. But he does say, stop it. Get off the fence. There's no time straggling back and forth. And Spurgeon says something really, really incredible. He says, you cannot say when you come before God, stragglers, scoffers, Those that are in the church day in, day out. You can't say before when you come before the Lord, Lord, I knew no better. There's not a man or woman within this place who will dare plead ignorance. And moreover, you have not only heard with your ears, but some of you have been obliged to hear it in your consciousness. I have before me many of my hearers whom I have had the pleasure of seeing for many years. It has been not once or twice, but many a time I have seen the tear guttering their cheeks. 
when I have spoken earnestly, faithfully, and affectionately to you. I have seen your whole soul move within you, and yet to my sorrow, you are now what you were. Your goodness has been the early cloud, and as the morning dew that passes away. You have heard the gospel. You wept under it, and you loved the sound of it. And you came again and wept again, and many marveled that you did weep. But the greatest marvel was that after having wept so well, you wiped away your tears so easily. Oh, yes, God is my witness. There are some of you not an inch nearer to heaven. But you have sealed your own damnation unless you repent. For you have heard the gospel, yet you have sealed your, let you have, you've despised prophesying. You have rejected the counsel of God against yourself, and therefore, when you shall die, ye must die pitied, pitied by your friends, but all the same time with your blood on your own heads. The blood on your own heads. Can you imagine coming in day after day, year after year, Hearing the gospel, crying, a tear here, a tear there, and leave the same. No regeneration, no salvation, just a tear, just a little conviction. And then you leave and you go and you say, okay, it's okay, no big deal, I'll be okay. Well, you're not okay. It was a story of some men. There was a unbelievable stormy weather. And it was a blue sky. And after the blue sky, people think, thought everything was okay. And it says that one man said, and he begged them not to go but they disregarded his warning and away they went because they saw no sign of the coming storm. It says, in a few hours, however, it swept down on the coast and very few of those fishermen returned. There were five or six men in each boat and nearly all were lost in a dreadful gale. In the church, which my friend was a pastor, he says he believes that there was only three members left. Those men were ushered into eternity because they did not give heed to the warning. Are we going to give heed to the warning? There's seven days left. Please don't mock that because they mocked it. But it shows you our character. Can you imagine those seven days of preaching by Noah? How nobody responded? It just shows you the depravity of our hearts. Don't let Satan keep knocking on the door saying, go elsewhere. Don't keep saying, no way. I don't need it. The rain's not coming. A boat? What do you mean get into an ark? What do you mean believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved? 
What do you mean? I believe in my wealth. I believe in my homes. I believe in my cars. I believe in my wife. I believe in my job. I believe in myself. And many went to hell believing in themselves. Now, the last group is the lost. Remember, I said this message is for three groups. And the last lost is the last group. And in Second Peter, it says, first of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffers scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is the coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, every Thing goes on as it has been since the beginning of creation. And people are saying it today. What do you mean Christianity? What do you mean Jesus Christ? What do you mean the blood? What do you mean nails? What do you mean cross? What do you mean? I'm doing what I'm going to do and I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. And I haven't seen it. What do you mean it's over? What do you mean the boat's getting ready to leave the harbor? What do you mean the door's about to be shut? What do you mean he's going to come again and take his own with him? What do you mean? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And there will be many who will be destroyed. And that's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. And many men are preaching with all their hearts today all around the world. Because the writing is on the wall. I believe that in those seven days, Noah smelled the rain coming. He smelled it. He saw a little cloud in the distance. He said, oh, 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 Lord, I see. I see. I believe. I'll continue. I'll preach. Lord, when is somebody going to say yes? When is somebody going to open their heart? When is somebody going to respond? But he kept preaching, and he kept preaching, and he kept preaching. And then that day came, and the Lord shut the door. And he preached with all his heart. And that's what men are doing all around the world now because they sense, they smell it in the air. They see the writing on the wall. Look around the world. Look at the condition of the world. Look at your life. Look inside and ask the question, are you really happy? Are you really satisfied? Are you a person that's on the fence? That's been saying, yeah, Lord, no, Lord, yes, Lord, no, Lord, yes, Lord. I don't know what I'm doing like a little bobblehead thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I believe in. My life is shaky. Everything is topsy-turvy. Why? Because I haven't made a firm decision for Christ, and my life reflects it. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then some say, I don't believe. I don't believe. Please don't say that. And some are upset with those that preach it. Maybe somebody in here is mad that I'm saying it. Mad at me. Well, I'm just reading the Word of God. You'd be mad like this man who had a faithful dog. And it says in the, pioneer, in the years of the pioneers, a man sold his farm for a big old bag of gold. And he had it in a sack and it was mounted on his horse. And he was with his faithful dog. We'll call him Ralph. And they started out for California. 
And one day in the Western Plains, he came to a beautiful spring of water. It was beautiful. So he said, let's sleep here, little Ralph, Ralphie. Let's hang out here. And they got the next day. And he's, he's leaving. Old Ralphie is like running around all happy. And, and then Ralphie's like, you know, doing some strange things. He's kind of biting him and pulling on him. And he's wanting to go away. We're ready to go, Ralphie. What is your problem? He couldn't understand the dog's actions. Get away from me, Ralphie. You're out of control. What's happening? Maybe you went crazy last night. But you're my faithful dog. Because he couldn't understand his dog's just gyrations, it says that he drew his gun and shot the dog. But the dog was still able to run. And the dog ran back to the spring. And the master, because he still had some kind of loyalty for his dog, Ralph, he did not even find him until he got back to the spring. And he saw him. He lay dead there beside the bag of gold. His dog was trying to warn him that he left his gold. His dog was trying to let him know you're leaving the valuables. And he shot the dog. How many times when our friends and our relatives and our loved ones say, this, the gold is over here. Don't leave the gold. The door is about to shut. Don't, please, please respond that we shoot the dog. We get upset. I don't want to hear it. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm on the fence? What do you mean you don't think I'm saved? I've been in the church for 20 years. What do you mean you have no right to get in my face and tell me that I'm not saved? Shooting the dog. The loyal, faithful friend that says, you must be redeemed. Your life's not right. Get off the fence. Make a decision for Christ. I don't want to hear it. What a shame. I was walking, and I'll end with this. I was walking um, the other day, and I walked by this lady, and she had a, um, this is 7 o'clock in the morning, so she was really out of control. But she had a 5-year-old, 6-year-old, and she's talking to kids. Shut up. Put it on. I'm telling you to put it on. It's cold in the morning. It was cold. And the 5 goes, I don't want to put on the jacket. You're putting on the jacket. She's in his face telling him, put on the jacket. I order you to put on the jacket. It's cold outside. So he puts on the jacket after some, you know, whatever she had to do. But she had to force him to put on the jacket. I guarantee you something. That first of all, it's not too late to enter the ark. It's not too late to confess that you are a sinner. It's not too late to preach the gospel. Is it? It's not too late to preach that God will save sinners. It's not too late. The seven days are still rolling. But I don't know if the seven days are up when this ends. 
when you walk outside, when you get to your home, when you wake up tomorrow morning. I don't know when that is, but I guarantee you that what God said will happen, will happen. And he will come and the door will be shut and there will be many that will be standing outside wishing they had come in and they will not be able to come in. Not because of him. It is not because of him. It is because of us. Not saying, yes, Lord. He knocks at the door and he says, if any man will hear me and open the door and invite me and I will come in and dine with him, have a relationship with him and save him and rescue him and take him to be with me. Any man. That child was forced to put on a jacket. But God will not force you to go to heaven. Thank God the word of God is being preached while there's still life in us. Thank God that the message is still alive. Thank God that the clock has not hit that final click where he says, it's over, door shut. That's because he's merciful. But don't think that his mercy will last forever. And don't mock him. By saying, I'll do what I want to do, when I want to do, if I want to do. And young people, you get the message too, because don't guarantee that your life is guaranteed that you'll have 20, 30, 40, 50 more years. He could come today. Are you ready? What did I talk about? I started with what? The disaster early warning system. That's what this was. An early warning. I guarantee you it will be a late warning if some don't respond. I guarantee you that if it's not effective, that people don't respond, there'll be a time when they wish they can roll back the time and they will not be able to do it. Now we're going to pray. And I want everybody's eyes to be closed. And you have an opportunity. And I'm just going to say it once because we need to go. You have an opportunity to put your hand up and I'll pray for you and put it back down. If you want to say today, today I want to get off the fence if I'm on the fence. Today I don't want to go back and forth. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to truly get saved. These tears that I've been crying have not been real. My life is not different. I am the same person 20 years ago that I was. And I'm not regenerated. Lord, save me. Or you're a person that says, I've scoffed, I've mocked, I want to get saved. I believe in the king. I don't want the ship to leave without me. I don't want the rains to come. I want to get saved. Just put your hand up and down, and I'll pray for you before we leave. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Saw another hand back there. Was there a hand back there? Anybody else? Praise God. Last call. Seven days. Seven seconds. Seven hours. What will it be? I can't tell you, but I know it's coming. Anybody else? Lord Jesus, we just praise you that you're a God of mercy because all this is all done by mercy. Your coming is because it's a mercy journey. Your commitment to love us and die for us all because of mercy. Your love for us drove you to the cross. 
You are the ark today, Lord Jesus, and you are our salvation, Lord Jesus. And we praise you for that. We praise you that you have given us your guarantee of a life in heaven. And we don't know when you're coming, Lord. I pray for every person in this room that they really have settled. They truly have their ticket. They truly will get on board before you come. And if they haven't made that decision and their hearts have been stirred, don't let that stirring go away, Lord Jesus. Hound them all day. Hound them all night. Hound them until they respond, Lord. Believers, I pray that we just hang on, that we just walk faithful, that we love you with all our heart, mind, and soul, and we serve you with all our heart. And those that are on the fence, Lord, get off the fence. And those that have put their hand up, Lord, we pray that this was true today, this was real today, and that their hearts truly were touched, and that you would go into their heart and make them a new creation. And we just give you our day, and we love you and praise you in your name. Amen.